0: Welcome back to The Doctor Is In. We are entering our fourth year of podcasting and looking back at our start. We started the podcast during the peak of the 2020 COVID quarantines, in an effort to continue to speak with our colleagues when we could no longer meet in person. Over the next few weeks, as we return to our beginnings, we encourage you to listen to our guests' most recent interviews after you hear their first and see their growth and adaptation through these unprecedented times. Next up, we have our interview with Tom Bouja, originally recorded in April of 2020. Truly, thank you for growing with us. Nadia? Tom?
1: Hello? Hello. How are you today? Oh my gosh, I'm you so today? good. How are you?
0: Wonderful. Got a little, a little breather from the day-to-day, uh, you know hustle and bustle
1: I know right are you enjoying it
0: uh you know there's some high points and some low points but um I would say yeah I've never been much of a crowd person so um you know and I'm in the smallest county or the the uh, lowest populated county in the state so we don't have crowds here anyway so um uh, this, uh, you know, it's not that much different where I'm at now, Seattle, we do have a condo in Seattle that we rented in February just in time for this whole thing.
1: Oh my gosh. Is that a good thing or a yeah. bad
0: thing? Uh, well, we thought it was a good thing till this happened, but now, you know, I'm not going, anywhere, Sheila and I, were not going anywhere near Seattle for, uh, um, yeah, for till sure. this thing's, you know, cleared up. But, you know, I I did hear something yesterday on the news that Seattle's cases uh, have uh, started the downhill. You know, there's less being reported than, than were. So it might be that we're over the hump in Seattle.
1: Wow. Well, I mean, what was that like to be in Washington, have a place that you rented in Seattle that you expected to probably spend time at, and it was sort of the epicenter of where this all began, or at least where we first started recognizing that COVID was coming into the country. I, I mean, was it was it crazy in Washington? All the news and everything, all the conversation.
0: I think you know, in the beginning, when we were there, because we were in Seattle, and uh, we were in Seattle, and I don't think many people were thinking too much, you know, about it. We were, you know, our condo was right there by Pike Place Market, and and uh, there were still crowds and all that, and then, you know, it finally kind of clicked after enough news reports that, you know, shit, we might as well go over to the other side of the state where there's nobody and just let this thing blow over, you know, or at least see what happens, and and that was, I don't know, God, it's been a month, probably, know, since I've been, been in Seattle. So
1: crazy. Yeah. Wow. It's interesting. But uh, you're you're the third person I've talked to, uh, that lives rurally, that lives in a rural area through all this. Yep. And so it's it's just sort of interesting the um, differences in the conversations and how this is affecting people's day to day lives, based you know relative to whether they live in a city like Dallas or live in rural washington or pennsylvania or south carolina so um yeah it's i i guess i'm not surprised that it's not necessarily affecting you in terms of like quarantine i guess
0: yeah no i'm you know i wear gloves into the grocery store when i even go to the grocery store we make one trip and get as much stuff as we can and then uh you know hole up for a while but i you know i i laid my crew off for two weeks and you know said told everybody to go home and and um take a break stay home be safe and and so for me like the last couple of weeks has been uh i'm in the greenhouse doing what i like to do which i haven't been really able to do that in the last four you know four or five years just because there was more important stuff for me to be doing but right now there's really nothing else for me to do but keep the plants alive and that part of it i'm enjoying you know i'm in the greenhouse and doing what I like to do. So, you know, so from nice. that standpoint, it's been, it's, it's been, you know, fun for me. It's therapeutic, let's say.
1: Nice. I feel like we're kind of lucky in, in agriculture in general, that we're kind of lucky with the timing because it's spring. And so a lot of people have already planted. And so now it's just kind of watching the plants grow. There's not a lot of Activity in terms of seeding or in terms of harvesting that it's kind of in that in between. I mean, there's obviously always activity with with agriculture and farming, but If there could have been a good time for agriculture, this seems to be it
0: I agree, you know, and for whatever reason, you know, um, February was just a beautiful Month weather wise, you know, over on the east side of the state and um, I You know, I I was so far ahead of the game as far as having pots out in the field, you know, the irrigation and everything ready to go to plant. And I'm pretty much there. So um, I was lucky enough to have all that behind me so I'm not sitting here stressing about, God, am I going to be able to get all this stuff done? And when does it stop? And right now, the way it stands, you know, I could probably... I've got four, at least four licenses that I'm going to grow this year. And, um, I could probably do it all of it by myself, not the harvest, obviously, but right. certainly getting the plants, you yeah, know, getting the plants in the ground and just making sure everything's watered and all that, you know, that, that, you know, which I don't think is going to come to that, but you know, i my mind always goes to the worst place first. Right. And, so um, your
1: first <clears> harvest <throat> be? Is it, it's in the summer, right? Early summer?
0: Uh, well, no, you know, I'm in, well, I will have a small white depth crop that I'm going to do some, uh, uh, so it'll be a seed crop or making some, you know, doing some different genetic stuff, but, um, that's, you know, minor thing. My, what I've learned at this point for me and, and what I'm doing here is I do one big crop through the summer, you know, grow it as cheap as I can harvest it as cheap as I can. Uh, and I've, gotten fairly good at you know packaging it and uh, preserving it and uh, you know that's the key for the you know for the market you know take uh COVID-19 out of the equation it was it was a tough tough fight you know at least in the marijuana world up to this point but but uh that's kind of the model I have now is just um do grow as much as I can in the normal cycle when it's as cheap as can be done you know mother nature's on my side generally unless there's a windstorm or something but um uh you know grow as much as i can and then you know don't spend any more money other than just uh packaging it up and and preserving it and then you know s- s- sell it throughout the season which is exactly what i did last year and i still have probably uh 5,000 pounds, 4 to 5,000 pounds of product left that uh, thankfully we are an essential service as opposed to six, seven years ago we were, we were illegal. Right. uh,
1: That is amazing. uh, What an interesting progression of the industry.
0: (laughs) Yeah, really. As as fast as it's moved, you know, like I said, six years ago or or pre uh, whatever that was the 13, 2013, you know, it was illegal as hell and now all of a sudden. 7 years later were essential to the the market but if you wanted to try to keep all the people at home and not have any riots i think you got to make sure that the alcohol and the marijuana are wow. free flowing yeah just right just to keep otherwise there's going to be more murders more you know more wives killing husbands and you know what not you know, just being cooped up all the time—that you know, I, <laughs> without a sunset.
1: I know. Yeah. It's so funny. right. Well, I heard, and I, I did this. I heard I was talking to but, someone who lives in Pennsylvania, and she said that they have shut down liquor stores under this, huh. which is causing people to do what—to drive to New York and to other nearby states to buy alcohol, right. which is exactly what we don't want to happen.
0: It's right. Crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, and and I think uh, it's just common sense that you know if everybody's sitting at home, you know, give them something to do, or you know, right. uh, 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 you don't want a mutiny, that's for sure.
1: Do you think there's going to be that's... more new users of cannabis during this crisis? Like people are just going to be so bored, they're going to be like, "Hey, well, it's an essential service. I can get my hands on it. I'm done drinking. I'm so tired of like building my beer gut. Maybe I'll try cannabis instead."
0: <laughs> 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 well, be- I've excelled on. Uh, I've got a black belt and beer guts right now myself, but, um, um, I, I think, yeah, the answer would be yes, because, you know, even when I, will I'll end this with a, uh, you know, what I did the other day, but I mean, when you're not worried about going to work, you're not worried about drug testing, you're not doing anything oh, and your true. husband or girlfriend is, is doing, you know, the, getting high and having fun, I think absolutely yes. And you know, it was just a couple of days ago, it was, it was, it was, it was Sunday. You know, it's like, do I even have a reason to get up? I, you know, the plants are watered. I really don't have to do anything out at the farm. And uh, about one in the afternoon, I ate an edible, and God, what a great day I had! Nice. You know, it was I really did have a fun day? That's. Amazing. But um, I I truly believe that uh, yes is the answer to that. Hmm. Just cause just cause you don't have the responsibility. Well, why can't I get high today? You know, I don't have to be to work for a month. That's true. So why wouldn't you? But yeah, unless you've got some real moral, you know, feelings against it, but, um, no, I think it will probably be beneficial for the pot world.
1: Yeah. So (coughs) I I imagine then, I mean, if that is the, the scenario, then, uh, you're going to probably have no problem, even selling the extra 5,000 pounds that you have in storage.
0: Oh no, we're, we're moving it. You know, I mean, it's going quick. Um, uh, no, I don't think I'll have any problem selling. I'm confident I won't have any problem selling. I'm hoping I have enough to supply through, you know, September to the right. next crop. But, um, you know, uh, if, if, in a perfect world, that's the way it works out is, you know, I sell the last, you know, last ounce and I'm, you know, harvesting the next few tons. So, but, you know, does it work out that way? Huh, you know, who knows? But Is um,
1: it really that tight? Like, you're you're, you're selling, like that small quantity at the end and you just
0: have a time, well, to- when I say an ounce, I'm just talking about the last, you know, but we do sell ounces. I do sell bulk. You know, um, what I'm trying to do is, is, um, you know, build my retail market. And I've been doing that. I was doing that for the first couple of years. And the the guy that I hired mm-hmm. to, um, and then paid for two and a half years. And I sent him to all the, you know, the industry, uh, get togethers and all that. And, um, uh, he was my retail sales guy. Well, you know, uh, two years ago he said, well, Hey, I'm going to start my own business. And, you know, so what he did is he went out and took my Rolodex and started slinging pot for other farms. And so I kind of had to start from scratch myself. So I won't ever put anybody in that position again without some kind of non compete or something like that. But, um, it actually, it actually worked out really well because, I guess it was uh, 2018, you know, I really didn't have the uh, contacts for the retail market. And so what I did is I just gripped and stripped everything, which we had about uh, 7,000 pounds of gripped and stripped that I had uh, a 10-man crew, or actually a 10-gal crew, uh, Hispanic laborers are the hardest working people that I know um but in in uh, 14 days they gripped and stripped 14,000 pounds and i sold it for 100 bucks a pound cheap for oil and um normally if you try to uh, trim 7,000 pounds i don't know what that would cost but it's a hell of a lot more than 14 days with 10 people Hmm. but it worked out really well and then so now um in in uh, 19 i started to you know get back into the market and uh at this point with the market in washington you know the bulk of the dreamers are gone you know the guys that uh you know i grow good pot and that's why i'm going to be successful so there's so many people that have left and i actually i'm I'm acquiring more licenses i just bought more land you know I'm, i'm just absolutely yeah i mean i'm doubling down for sure i just bought 110 acres of light industrial and I got equipment out there today, and you know the funny thing is, is um, all these these contractors that are busier than hell now. All of a sudden, I'm the only guy they can work for, and so all of a sudden I got wow. lots of equipment out there and shit. Going. So you know that's been a benefit for me for sure. Wow, so that
1: is so interesting. But
0: yeah, but as far as the uh, the market, like I said, there's the uh, the industry is consolidating. I guess is the easiest way to put it. Right. in my opinion, but, but the people that didn't have the financial horsepower to stick it out because it got ugly there, you know, where pot was, you know, uh, ounces of trimmed marijuana were $15 going to the store and the store was oh, selling them God. for 45. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, this is ridiculous. And that's where, you know, it, it, uh, when my sales guy left, I thought, you know, I, it can't be that much worse. Just grind it up and make it, you know, turn it all into oil and get what we get, which turned out to be about 700,000 bucks. So for a season, you know, on 90 day or 120 day cycle, for uh, one farm to generate 700,000 bucks, I mean, I'll bet the 160 acres next to me doesn't do that. Wow. You know, with conventional, with conventional farming, potatoes or whatever. Right. But Anyway, things are getting actually better, in my opinion. Like I said, there's, there's uh, fewer flakes left, and, um, you know, just the, the people that are reputable, honorable people um, have their reputation, and, you know, most of the uh, scammers are less than honest. Most of those guys are gone. There's still some out there, but, you know, at this point, after five years, you know, I, everybody knows who you are and, and you know, how you operate. Right. You know, it's a small, it really is a small community. You know, if you're out there screwing people, guess what? Everybody's going to know about it. Or on the other side, if you're out there helping and working and that's, that's the model I, you know, look at is, you know, I uh, want to be shoulder to shoulder and I'll help you, you help me. And it's, you know, and we're all on the same page, but not everybody looks at stuff that way. So. Exactly.
1: So have you, without <clears throat> the gluttony of all the the flakes, and the dreamers, I guess, uh, and with more consolidation, Mm -hmm. are are prices have prices for you improved in terms of sales? Oh yeah,
0: absolutely. No prices are going up, you know, well, uh, now ounces are 30 bucks double. Wow. And that's why, yeah. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. I, you know, I've got my, my crew has been packaging pot, you know, ounces and whatnot. I'm still selling, you know, a hundred, 200, 300 pounds here, you know, in bulk to other guys that, um, don't grow but they uh they've developed a little processing you know niche where they buy you know two three hundred pounds bulk for you know 90 cents a gram and and uh package it up into ounces or half ounces and they've got their stores they work with they make something on that so i'm trying to just make sure i've got my finger in every potential market that i could monetize the stuff because you know uh if uh you know, this year I should have seven licenses that I operate or, you know, oversee. And um, uh, in order to move all that product, I I believe I need every, you know, option I can have to uh, monetize it.
1: Hmm. Did Did you see any change in the market after the vape crisis that we had last year?
0: Oh uh, yeah, I did. There was, um, there were some people that got hit pretty hard by it. Hmm. Uh, certainly the guys that had the flavored, uh, the flavored, uh, you know, uh, whatever they are, the, uh, cartridges. Or... cartridges yeah. <clears throat> but, um, <clears throat> the oil thing's just still hot as a firecracker right now, in my opinion, from what I know, I don't look at a lot of data, but, um, what I'm going by is, you know, I've sold all my trim. I actually in, in, um, November pretty much sold the bulk of all my trim and it was you know that was all going to oil and I still have oil people now calling me for trim and I don't have any trim all I really have is flour and uh, some of it's pretty rough trimmed and I'm trying to work out you know we're trying to figure out a number where they can take the rough trimmed pot and, um, you know, blast that and make oil, but we gotta find a number because I put extra energy in to trim it, and the flower markets come up and so um hmm. uh, you know they need to find something to uh to make that oil, and the oil one thing I did see is the oil market from five years ago has been in an upward trajectory for the whole time where flour has pretty much stayed constant, you know, hasn't oh, really, it really you know, sh- yeah, it's a flat, it's a flat line, certainly for Washington state. Those I have seen, you know, some graphs of that, but the oil market and that's what really convinced me, you know, a year and a half ago was like, shit, the oil was the one that's on the, uh, on fire. And, um, With the harvest cost of, you know, being able to go out there, cut them down, hang them up, dry them, grip them, strip them, you know, and uh, the the labor cost was next to nothing compared to trying to trim everything, I might as well just sell everything for oil. And, and, uh, you know, I know of at least five processors that I deal with, and that's just a fraction of what's in the state. <clears throat> but these, five, you know, out of those five, each one of them does, you know, eight to 10,000 pounds of biomass a month. Wow. So, uh, you know, these guys are doing 40, 50. And that's just the guys that I deal with. You know, and there's some other big ones out there that, you know, I have no idea what they do. But when I think about that, it's like, shit, I can't grow enough. Hmm.
1: And they're all, so, I mean, and they're all within the state. I mean, you are just serving the Yes. State. Which yep, I, just it. Yeah, which yep. I just think is so fascinating under this current crisis and some of the debates and sort of conversations or threats. I'm not sure what they are about quarantining states and uh, limiting interstate commerce. And, and to me, that just like rings a bell in my head that the cannabis industry has been set up like that from the beginning to be self-sustaining within a state, within its borders. And it just makes me curious if that, you know, for one, makes the cannabis industry more resilient than some other industries if they are restricted by interstate commerce. And, you know, what, what lessons can the cannabis industry relay to others who might be struggling under a threatened quarantine like that? I mean, that's, it's fascinating to me.
0: All right. Well, you know, I, one thing that I see is the, um, if people want pot, they're going to get it just like the alcohol. If, if I got to drive to New York from, you know, whatever state that was where they, they yep, shut the alcohol. Yeah. If I want my alcohol, I'm going to go get my alcohol. And, right. and, you know, you think about, you think about the prohibition, if people want it, they want it. And, and we're probably not the smartest bunch out there, but, you know, we'll go, uh, risk, uh, Covid nineteen for you know a, a case of wine or what you know whatever your choice of drink is but yeah uh, and I see and I see pot the same way I mean pot's been dealing with that you you know pre um, uh, uh, legalization legalization yeah pre legalization <clears throat> you know that's what it was just you know I mean and I'm sure that uh, the the you know black market is thriving
1: oh I'm sure. I'm sure, even with curbside yeah. pickup at dispensaries that are considered essential services, um, yeah even even that people would probably rather go to someone they know or to someone local who's doing it in their garden rather than um, you know risking even that curbside pickup and all the hands that have touched it, or even just you know it's another excuse to to I don't know bypass the legal system
0: right well and you got your taxes and you got all that and you know from everything i get all these emails i'm constantly you know reading stuff that comes in and i know there's a bottleneck in california with the testing but everything i read is the black market is alive and well in california you know which um you know people would rather go get the pot they got from the guy you know three years ago four years ago and it's probably better and, and, um, you know, less shit to deal with.
1: Right. Exactly. And, and in some ways it also goes back to this whole idea of knowing your farmer, right. Is knowing the person that actually grew it. And, and we're, we're having almost this opposite conversation in food production where people want to know their farmer. They want to know where their kale comes from or their carrots come from or, their eggs come from right. right they want to know a local farmer they want to know where it came from, and with cannabis we've we've just dis- made a disconnection between knowing where your your marijuana is coming from it's, right well,
0: I think you know five years ago the farmer did not want to meet his clientele true. just because it was illegal but right. Uh, right. Um, but you know yeah today that's a different thing for sure and and uh, and then, you know, if you're in the city, like in New York City or something like that, you know, the chances of knowing a farmer are pretty freaking pretty slim.
1: slim. Yeah, for sure. For sure.
0: But anyway.
1: So because of where you live, I mean, you mentioned even earlier that, um, you know, the potato farmers nearby are probably not faring as well as you. I mean do you do you talk to any of the farmers nearby? I know I remember oh, yeah. when visited you that there's all sorts of farms out there. How are they doing? Are they doing okay through this right now?
0: I think they're doing fine. I think everybody's doing just fine. You know, that I mean we really had a uh <clears throat> the egg industry has not been hit. You know, they're the one outfit that can keep moving. Now I'm probably next week driving to Corning, California, uh right in your neck of the woods, almost to your neck of the woods. Yeah to get a water truck and, you know, and I don't know, uh, and I was just, I just was down there a week ago to get this truck that I'm sitting in, but uh, I'm going to get a water truck and nobody, um, nobody got the memo that I could tell, you know, a week ago driving down to um, uh, Corning, got the memo that, hey, you're supposed to stay home. Traffic was as heavy as it's ever been. And I didn't know if I was going to get down there. There's no hotel rooms. There's no food. There, you know, the gas stations are closed. I'm stuck here. You know, it wasn't like that at all. I, you couldn't even tell the difference. And so, um, you know, once again, I'm going to run down. down. Wow. Yeah. It that might not be your yeah.
1: experience next week. I'm, I'm, I'll be curious to know how it goes next week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I don't think, I don't see a problem really. And in, in the um, now if I was to say I'm just on a pleasure trip, uh you know, if Should I even be asked by anybody uh, that, you know, maybe maybe I got a problem there, but because I am a, an essential business, you know, that marijuana needs this water truck, you know, and that's why I'm here. I'm here to buy this egg, egg water truck to get up there to grow more pot to keep people pacified during this whole COVID thing would be my... My yeah, yield to whoever was you know yeah whoever was interrogating me for why I'm out of state right now. I hope whoever that is
1: responds with, "Thank you for your service."
0: (laughs) Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, If it's if it's California Highway Patrol, I don't think it's going to be that pleasant. But um, but anyway. Well, uh, I don't
1: know that they're pulling over anyone yet. I haven't heard of any stories. My sister lives near San Jose. And she drove into San Francisco this weekend because she, she's she been shelter in place for over two weeks now. And uh, her high school is closed till May 1st and probably till next year, uh, to be perfectly honest. And so she's going a little sure. crazy. Uh, and so she's like, I just I got to see the ocean. I just am so curious about San Francisco. So she drove in and she sent us a video. And it's a ghost town. And it's so, right. and it's so well, weird, that's... you know, and she's like, the, it's so cool on one hand, like how empty it is. And I can just drive around without like any traffic or pedestrians or whatever. She's like, but there's also nowhere to go. And she's like, I, right. I, I want to see the ocean and like see the beach, but they won't allow you to stop. So she literally is just doing a drive by of the ocean.
0: Huh. Yeah. Yeah and, and you know and uh, I don't know what it's going to look like in you know 90 days from now a lot of those restaurants are going to be gone oh, I know it's you know I mean know it's uh, I, and, and I I've been trying to figure out what you know what it's going to look like here in 90 days or you know uh 6 months from now and and uh, geez you know I, I do know the uh the restaurants who have a pretty small margin to live and work by you know if they miss one month maybe they can survive but if they miss three or four months you know they're probably toast
1: yeah yeah and, i mean the you know, and, package definitely helps but it's just for a month basically to help people right. pay their bills um and pay right. their employees uh but what happens may 1st I,
0: I yeah yeah no people are just people are really in trouble i was lucky enough my people I laid off or sent home, I'm paying them. They're paid. They're, they're home for the next two weeks. Now, how long can I do that? You know, I can do it for a while, but God, I sure don't want to do it all summer. You know, (laughs) but but, you know, I I mean, I, what I'm kind of hoping is I did see that headline yesterday that, uh, Seattle now is on the downturn of cases, you know, new cases coming in and I'm hoping, you know, because we were the epicenter in the beginning you know i'm hoping that everybody's behind us in another 2 weeks new york will start be doing that and and then uh, you guys in la or you know california will start hopefully that's the what happens and maybe the seasonality of you know warmer weather if that you know which nobody really knows what's going right. to close this thing down but uh, hopefully uh, some heat and which frankly i'm looking forward to but um um you know to get things back on track because i know if we keep things shut down for 90 days it it will be a whole different world out there when we come back
1: absolutely um you know except for oh yeah go ahead except for well
0: except for the people that are in places like i you know where i'm at where you know the so i'm in really i believe the poorest county in the state and, um, you know, I don't think it's going to really affect a lot of people here like it will people in New York City and all of that. I mean, the, you know, people here are living no different than they did, you know, two months ago. They may not go see a concert now because they can't, but, but, um, or, you know, go to some event, some trade show or something like that. But, um, yeah, the people that are, you know, kind of on the lower end, um, I don't think much changes for them other than if they get sick.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I'm uh, definitely worried about that and the whole healthcare system and people losing right. their health care, uh, their insurance benefits if they can't be employed by their employers. Um, but I, I, it is interesting what you, the comment you just made that it might not affect people sort of on the lower end um, because maybe they, didn't have a lot of disposable income in the first place and weren't maybe as wasteful as some of uh, the rest of us. And I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday who was saying that that's one of her hopes and predictions is that people will learn to waste less. And we were saying how both of us we have these leftovers in the fridge and now rather than just letting them rot because we have yeah. something else that we are eating every bite of our leftovers and nothing is getting. I, out of the way.
0: I'm following that same model. And you know, the one thing I can tell you about the farm, um, you know, I had a pump go out and normally, okay, throw it in the wastebasket and go buy another one. And well, I can't really go buy one. Hmm. You know, it was like ace, true value. All those guys are closed. And so, um, not only is it a, a trip to the, you know, for me, it's 30 minutes to a, you know, Home Depot or something like that. But, um, uh, I've been doing a lot more MacGyvering and thankfully, you know, in the past when something broke, I tossed, you broken one off to the side, go get a new one. Well, now I got all these parts and pieces and I've actually been making a lot of that stuff work and going through my old shit and saying, well, this is good. This is good. This is good. This is trash. That's get, you know, going to the dump. So I've been doing a lot of that just kind of thinning out all the, you know, I don't want to say debris, but the stuff that uh, usable and not usable. Let's put it that way.
1: That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's actually one of my favorite attributes of farmers in general is their MacGyver skills and ability to make things work that nobody else can.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, that's what you, you pretty much have to be. I mean, that's what the Crescent Ranch, you know, is universal on everything. Or, you know, I thought um, it was the hammer. Uh, but I guess the crescent wrench. Uh, well, that that too, hammer, you know, hammer, <laughs> cre- hammer, crescent wrench, duct tape. Uh, <laughs> you know, those are the you know main tools of my blood, toolbox. you so. to go,
1: right?
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, but that's one thing that I you know that I kind of recognize for myself, and you know, I'm even now thinking you know when I uh, you know I am going to have more of an inventory and and. Um, because I don't know what's going to happen in the future. And frankly, I want to be able to have, you know, a supply of stuff rather than run into the store to get this, that, or the other. You know, I just buy three or four of them now and put them in uh, uh, the warehouse there. And it's, you know, my own warehouse. And then I've got my stuff, you know, for the farm. But this uh, one thing I I have learned is the true value of toilet paper in the face of a crisis. You know, that's one thing I'm going to stock up on. And uh, always be stocked up on. And I still, to this day, you know, when you walk into Safeway or Walmart, there is no toilet paper. I know. We can't
1: find any either. Luckily, we were pretty stocked up before the crisis hit. As sort of the rumblings started, we Uh bought, you know, a new bit, like, roll of, like, the jumbo size rolls or whatever, and, uh-huh. and then my mom started getting nervous and she's like, you should, you should start talking up on all this stuff, you know, and I was like, whatever, like this is going to blow over. And, you know, I'm like walking through the paper aisle or whatever. And I was like, eh, I'm just going to grab one, you know, another one because yep. you never know. Like, it's not like we're not going right. to lose it. You know, I mean, even if we don't need it right now, we'll still use it, it, you know, later. And I'm so glad I did because we're, we have enough for a little while because, yeah, we don't see it on the shelves either. It's, I I can't believe it. I I mean, it's like, it's so weird because people are so obsessed about toilet paper, but then they're going to be eating less, maybe if they're not going to the grocery store and eating out. So it's like, okay, so you have less going in. Te- theoretically, you should have less going out, and you should need less toilet paper, but I don't know.
0: <laughs> right. Well, it would be a different story also if, you know, COVID-19, oh, the first sign is if you've got diarrhea, you know, that's a good sign sign that you've got it and everybody that gets it's going to have time okay well let's go you know back the truck up let's go get some toilet paper but um uh, (laughs) but that's not the case and so i guess everybody that's maybe one of those luxuries that uh people think about that they don't want to be without you know what an
1: interesting luxury to have you know luckily though it is spring so there are some new leaves on the trees so you know
0: there you go There you go. Hey, you know, when, when you're out camping, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. That's exactly But right. <laughs> anyway.
1: Um, you said something yeah, that, that kind of, that brought up a question I haven't even thought of, which is, uh, you know, with the stimulus package and the available funding for like small business loans and everything, how does, I mean, is the cannabis industry eligible for the stimulus package?
0: You know, I have no idea. You know, you would think so because we've been um, designated essential, but but I don't know, and I'm not even going to ask. I'm not even looking at it. I it was hmm. lucky yeah, it enough have to have. To you, but
1: I'm gonna ha- I'm, I feel like I'm going to need to remember that question for somebody else because I'm sure curious. Huh. And, and right. maybe, well, if, maybe if you don't need it because we are an essential service, and the demand is there and we can continue supplying it then everything is okay but i'm just thinking since it's coming from the federal government we might not be eligible or certain businesses might not
0: be right well i would think that they are but um, yeah i mean we have employees that have the same needs as uh, any other you know business but um, for me personally uh, you know i don't need it um, you know and i'll take care of my employees as long as i can i don't think it's going to go that far but um, but I would rather leave that money for the people that really need it because I'm I'm confident there's going to be a lot of people that need it. My niece, who's 30 years old, uh, is a waitress or was a waitress in Seattle, and probably three weeks ago or a month ago, or you know, when the whole thing really hit and all the restaurants closed down. That you know, like on one day there was um, a, a shutdown of all the restaurants other than takeout and um and she's a waitress so that you know doesn't help her any and that night she went to apply online for um unemployment well you know the state's unemployment website was down because it got so many people hitting it yeah yeah and so there's a lot of people in the cities that are going to need some kind of help and uh my niece is um and she's a smoker and stuff, and her and her husband are, and, and, uh, but they're, they're dead set. And they were just about, before all the stuff came, happened, they were just about to come over, move over here, and start working at the farm. Hmm. And they still are, but, you know, not for a little bit here, not until this COVID thing's over. Hmm. But, um, but there's yeah, plenty of people feel, out there.
1: I kind of feel the same way as you, Tom, is that our business is doing well. Uh, both in cannabis and in food, you know, people who, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's so interesting. We have a client in Delaware uh, who was, who just built a sort of a pilot farm, a vertical farm to, to learn how to grow the leafy greens that they want to grow at their very massive scale. And uh, they have four weeks of orders from their local grocery store because they're the only ones who can supply the lettuce uh, that the grocery store needs because they can't get it from some other places. Uh, So it's just, it's so interesting that both cannabis and food obviously is, is essential food is essential, but that our clients at least are a little bit sheltered from this or maybe we'll do better because of this, uh, unexpectedly.
0: I think it's better truly, you know, certainly for the pot. I think it's going to be better just because nobody's working. I mean, you know, once again, I mean, I would never take an edible at one in the afternoon. I just don't have time to do that. Exactly. And all of a sudden it's like, I'm, I'm getting up and it's like, you know, I even slept into one day last week till 10 after nine, which I haven't done that since high school. I'm 62 <laughs> years old, you know? So this is, been kind of a uh you know a break vacation and and to some degree which obviously there's some dire consequences for a lot of people a lot of deaths and whatnot but um um but for the pot you know i I think anybody that's sitting around without the virus and um you know twiddling their thumbs wondering what to do you know let's smoke some pot at least keep our minds active here you know coming up with harebrained ideas but
1: um yeah stretch that creative brain that's what we keep hearing like this is a great time to be creative well smoke a little pot and that you know will get the wheels there you go that's right
0: yeah you know nine out of ten of these harebrained ideas don't work but you know that tenth one sometimes you get you know a winner out of there and that for me it truly it truly does help me think outside of the box now whether that's um uh, really, um, you know I, I, I believe it does, but uh, you know I come up with ideas that a lot of other people don't or haven't had or, or uh, and I'd like to hang that on the uh, marijuana well, I think you know it that makes I do us less
1: not, not even necessarily less inhibited, but less judgmental of ourselves and our thoughts. Mm-hmm. right like I mean I, yeah. I feel like we are our own worst critics, and that smoking a little bit of pot. Uh, kind of lowers that criticism of our self thoughts and allows
0: something yeah, it, to come out that we it, wouldn't normally. Yeah, it's have. easy. It, yeah, it's easy to say, "Oh, well, I was stoned. That's why it sounds so stupid." <laughs> you know, just uh, <laughs> that's yeah, that was a dumb idea. I mean, I come up with dumb ideas when I'm not stoned too. But uh, at least when I'm stoned, I can blame it on the pot. There you go. <laughs> so
1: that's funny. Well, it sounds like things are going pretty good for you i'm I'm glad to catch up i I love the this the excuse that this has sort of given me to to talk to some friends that i haven't talked to for a while so um, yeah, thank you for having this conversation with me
0: Oh absolutely happy to do it and uh, hope hopefully uh, you and Marcy everything's well with you guys and uh, we get through this stuff and and um you know, we we'll get back on track. Who knows what it's going to look like? You know, six months from now, but I know it will be. Fu- we'll be fine.
1: Well, tell Sheila that um, if she needs somewhere to send her cookies, that we are always willing to help out.
0: I will make sure there's a batch heading your way because you know the one thing <laughs> she's been doing. I mean, she's cooped up and she's a baker, so she's been baking, and I got make sure that um, they're not there for me to eat because I will, especially when I go ahead and eat edibles, I can, I turn into a machine. I can just make food disappear. No problem. The thing I got to be careful is we're low on toilet paper. So that, you know, that's it. Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't even went there but but uh I'll, you make had sure, to. I'll, I'll make I mean, sure <laughs> I'll I'll make sure you guys get some cookies and um you know hey it was a uh, I appreciate you even taking me for your your thing here so Absolutely
1: absolutely Well, take care of yourself say hi to Sheila for us and um yeah stay in touch
0: will do talk All to right. you soon Thanks Tom All right bye bye you bet bye